This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Tiffany Haddish is winning so big right now. She's got three movies coming out this fall. In September, Night School with Kevin Hart. In October, The Oath, a political comedy. In November, Tyler Perry's next one, Nobody's Fool. And next year, she's already got The Lego Movie 2, Secret Life of Pets 2, The Kitchen with Melissa McCarthy and Elizabeth Moss. Tiffany's so hot right now, there's not enough water in L.A. to put out the fire. She's a Hollywood A-lister and she built all this after being homeless for years. She built all this on the strength of her comedy and the strength of her spirit. She made this happen by thinking it into existence. What do I mean? Let the last black unicorn tell you. It's Tiffany Haddish on Toray Show. You seem like overnight, and I know you're not. I know you've been grinding for a long time. Well, see, that was all a part of my plan and my manifestation. I wanted everyone to think, oh, that's brand new. Where'd that come from? And then, ta-da. <laughs> well, been here was, a long time. What was, what was keeping you going when you were just grinding, sleeping in the car, coming up, no promise of that it was going to work out? Like, wh- what was keeping you going? The, knowing that I... That I am going to do it. Having the, like, I knew. It's like, like a, get a little girl knows her period's going to come at some point. You don't know when it's going to come. <laughs> but you know it's going to happen. Or like, I know I'm going to pay taxes one day. I don't know when I'm going to have to do my tax returns and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have a job to do it. But I know one day this going to happen. As I just knew. How did you know? Do you believe in yourself? You believed in the universe, like. I, well, I didn't know nothing about no universe. I'm the universe. I knew about at that time was Universal Studios. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, when I was a kid, I just knew. You just, you know how you just, you just know, like, you know, you're gonna have a job. You know, you're gonna have your own place. Like, it's just, you know. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't know, like, w- in what capacity. I just knew I wanted to be. An entertainer, and I knew I wanted to bring joy. So, like every job that I've ever had is been, it has been basically that. I have been that in that job. When I worked at a catering company, I was my job was to meal prep. Where I'd be singing and dancing. There's everybody that was in the kitchen prepping with me. They'd be like, "You so silly!" I was bringing joy. You know, when I worked at um, Bar Mitzvah, that's for, you know, full-blown entertainment right there. You know, yeah. energy produced 110%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm MC and I'm cracking jokes. I'm getting kids on the dance floor, getting the old man on the killing people by accident. You know, I was winning. <laughs> I was winning. Then I got my job at the airlines, and I was like, well, they, they're giving me a microphone. They let me make announcements, you know, and I'm doing stand-up comedy at the same time. Like, every. Thing I've ever done has led to that. When I worked at the youth center, I taught, you know, improv classes, uh, dance. We had, uh, I had a comedy class going. We served. We did. I taught them how to crochet. You should have seen the game bangers crocheting. It was something else, <laughs> something else. But like, always had some sort of, you know, artistic activity going somewhere. It, good for me and good for whoever's around me. Or do you have to make yourself happy? Or are you like naturally happy? Because so many comics are, like, depressed and stuff. Oh, no, I get depressed all, all the time, especially, you know, certain times of the month. Yeah. Um, but it's not, like, something that, la- like, where I feel like, oh, 
I want to die. When I was younger, I used to get so mad because I'd be like, what the, like, I would get so frustrated because it seemed like everything bad would be happening. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I even here on this earth? Like, why, like, why, I'm not, I'm just trying to bring joy. Why is everybody trying to fuck with me? Like, why are they trying to hurt me? You know, um, and I start realizing, like, it's how you treat yourself. However you treat yourself is how everybody's going to treat you. So I start treating myself a lot better, start doing things for me, telling me, like, I love and approve of you, Tiffany. You're awesome. You know, start saying stuff like that. Not to the point where it's like, everybody should be kissing my ass, but to no. the point where it's like, you know what? You're doing a good thing. This is great. You know, um, but there's still those days where you get lost in the mix and you're like, am I doing the right thing? Am I like you wake up just feeling like crap? And that's probably a vitamin D deficiency, really. Like a lot of times <laughs> people get depressed and it's really like you're deficient in some vitamins. It's really don't have nothing to do with what's going on in your world or your mind. It's just like your body needs something. So um, I learned that from YouTube. I mean, I love talking on the show about success and how people achieve it. And it seems like those affirmations and that acceptance of yourself really helps you go to the next plane. It really does. And also about who you associate with. Mm. Like if you put putting yourself around a bunch of people that hate on themselves, mm. then you're going to eventually be hating on yourself and hating on others. And then you're going to be wondering why you're stagnant. Why isn't anything moving? I mean, a lot of people would think it would be silly to look in the mirror and say, I love you and I accept you. But you have to remind your body that you care. You know, you have a billion, kajillion different cells and organs and they're working together to keep your soul alive. Right. You know, it's not just, you know, you got one heart, you got two kidneys, you got liver, you got a stomach. <laughs> All these things work together. It's a full system of, you know, living things, things that are living because of your soul, and they're all working together to keep you alive. So if you shit on that all the time, you know, if you treat it like crap all the time, then and you don't never say, hey, good job. It's going to fail on you, man. That machine, your meat, your meat soup going to break. So, so you got to be, I mean, you have to be your own fan. You have to be your own sort of cheerleader. Well, I guess I'm my, my mama. I'm my own mother. I'm my own, you know, motivator. And then anything else that comes around that, that's great. And then try to keep keep people around that are motivate themselves and are motivating to others so that we can, like, lift each other. Mm. That's what I try to do. Mm. That's really interesting. And you, when you wrote out a list of what you wanted out of life, that helped you? Yeah, because it reminded me to stay focused on these things. You know, see if you can accomplish it. I don't know how I was going to accomplish it. Just I would see that list all the time. It's like you got to do something on there. You need to put a new check on or check it off. I mean, I definitely feel like a lot of people get wrapped up in like what they have to do today. And they don't think about their long-term goals. I want to write a book. I want to do a movie, whatever. Well, if you want to do that in a year, you need to be doing this today. Every day you got to do something towards that. Yeah. Towards that goal. Because it takes a lot to get into that. Yeah. So, like, I said, oh, I want to make, I want to make, uh, you know, by the time I'm 50, I would love to be able to say I've made 80 different movies or TV shows. Well, that, that's what I was saying when I was 21. So, okay, what is it going to take to do that? Better go to some acting classes, probably. Meet other people that are doing that. You know, uh, go to workshops. Surround myself with people that uh, can link me into these things, you know. When you're trying to give yourself that sense of self-belief, but then failure comes. Because for an actress, you know, you go to 20 auditions, you don't get 19 of them. Yeah, just like you go to a bunch of foster homes and they send you to a new one. So how does that... How's that fail? How do you keep going when you get the failure, failure, failure? Well, I don't look at it as failure. I look at it as a stepping stone to where I'm supposed to be going. And also, I mean, I've been rejected so much in my youth that rejection as an adult is nothing because I know I got me. And maybe that project that they said no to, I'm not supposed to be doing. I see it's so funny, like certain things I remember, like I auditioned for and I really wanted, and I see it. And then I'm like, whoo, I'm glad I didn't get that job because I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have been able to be butt naked walking around like that. That wouldn't have been that wouldn't have worked out for me. But when you say I got me, what does that mean? I'm I'm protecting me. I'm providing for me. So I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You could tell me no. Like I, I ask guys, I'm I'm the worst at flirting. I get rejected all the time. I'm the worst because I just say what I want right off the top. And the guy's like, Well, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Like 
Oh, you telling me now? Okay, bye. Like, it, I'm out. It sounds like you're like kind of indestructible because you've. Oh no, I'm destructible. I'm a human. <laughs> but it's what you what you eat don't make me shit. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if you say no, okay, bye. Somebody else is gonna say yes. Mm-hmm. Because I I know this is where I'm I'm supposed to go. I'm supposed to be doing something. But when you so so you're grinding in the L.A. comedy scene for a long time. Yeah, a long time. And then Carmichael show comes up. And then Girls Trip comes up and you go to another level. Mm-hmm. What did you do to be ready for those opportunities so that you could ascend to the next level? Well, I was constantly shooting sketches, constantly. I would go, when I worked at the youth center, I used to take all the kids. We would go to TV show tapings. So by the time I got to be on a TV show, I already knew how the whole thing operated. Oh, wow. And I would have them give us tours, Get you know. Like, it, it was kind of maybe a little selfish of me. I wanted the kids to see, like, their favorite show. But also, I wanted to learn. I wanted to see it, too. But also, I wanted to learn how does it work? How do they do that? What's the process of that? So, and I made sure, you know, the kids got to experience it just like I got to experience it. Because most of them kids don't even get to go, you know, north of Wilshire. Right. Never even been to Hollywood. Right. So, for them to get to see those type of things, if we get to go to, like, the Nickelodeon Awards, then I want to see if we can get backstage so we can learn how that works. So, I can learn how do these award shows work. When um, I would say, oh, I'm trying to get in some movies. Well, I started doing extra work because I want to see how does it work. Like, uh, then I, the audition part. Oh, you get an acting job by doing auditions. Oh, okay. So then let me start taking classes on how to audition. Let me get an agent. Then an agent. I got an agent, and then they start sending me on auditions. Then I like at first I hated auditions because I'm like, well, I'm going to hear these people are judging me. Then I met some producers and start having conversations with them, and they're like, look, we want every person to walk in the room to get the job. We don't really want to be. Uh, searching for days and days and weeks and weeks on end. We want to hire you. We want, so you just come in there confident, knowing that we want to give you the job and that you're here to provide a service. Like you're here offering a service, and we have to bet millions of dollars or thousands of dollars yep. on your service. So just show us the best you you got. And I'm like, I started taking that philosophy with me in every single audition. Well, I'm going to bring the best Tiffany Haddish to this Dina character. I'm going to bring the best Tiffany Haddish to this Tanya role. Whatever role I'm playing, I'm going to bring the best Tiffany Haddish to this. That applies, that could live, the Tiffany Haddish that could live in this environment. Yeah. You know? The Shay, Shannon, all these different roles I've played. Like, I try to bring the best Tiffany Haddish. So, to, to prepare for it, I did the research, got on the ground floor, got the education. That's how I got to where I'm at. Wow, wow, wow. So when you get onto Girls Trip, mm-hmm. and you're there with three established stars. Yeah, movie stars. And superstars. Yeah, and you're not. And you got the talent, and you've been there for a while. I but I am in South Central L.A. I'm the shit. <laughs> Just everybody else didn't know. So is that the attitude? Like, what is the attitude <clears throat> that allows you to shine when you're standing there with three superstars who you've probably been watching for 10 years or more. Right. When I was standing there with them, I don't know what allowed me to sh- I was my, my goal wasn't to shine. My goal was to compliment them and to bring what they ne- what was necessary to the character. My, my goal was never to be shiny or to shine or outshine or anything. It was to be a part of this ensemble and to work with them as a team. And we did. We all worked together as a team. And they were and La and Jada would always egg me on. So were Regina. We would always egg each other on and gas each other up. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? You should, you should try to do this. Or say this. Or, you know what? You, if you turn your head like that, that'll be hilarious. If You, do, you know, so like... We were all, we were working together as a team, even though they all knew each other. I didn't know any of them, but I came in as a team player. Like you know, I'm a rookie compared to you guys, but I've been doing my research. I've been watching videos. Like I know I know how it works, and I know you have to be able to be a team player. So you weren't intimidated, or were you? I don't know. I wasn't scared. Intimidated means scared, right? Yeah. No, I was never scared. <laughs> scared, no. Excited, yes, and and I was made and maybe a little concerned. Like already, like I remember day one of rehearsals, I was like, "Are they gonna be stuck up? Are they gonna be snobs? Are they gonna be?" And if if they are, then I know how to deal with those type of people. I just need to know what mode to be in 
to deal with that and that none of them were like that they were all yes and people like yes let's try that oh that sounds fun let's do that and then you start to realize this is why they're stars this is why they are where they are because they're willing to be a part of a team because it takes a team to make a great movie yeah it's not just one person that makes a great movie right it's a team effort right 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 you, I mean, it's tattooed or written on your bag. She ready. Oh, she ready. Yeah, and I'm about to your, say, who got a tattoo? Man? No, and, that, tattoo. <laughs> and that's your 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 model. How do you get ready? What does that mean for a comedian actress? Oh, she ready. Like, so I'm ready for whatever experiences might come about, and okay. then you know, and in my mind, it's like always take note and because you know, when you're ready for something or anything, it means you care. Right. Yeah. You care about it. You want, you're interested in it. So I'm ready for whatever it is that I care about or any challenges that may come along through the day. I'm basically I'm ready to win. I'm she ready for success. She ready to bring joy. She ready to be, you know, to eat. She ready to drink her water. She ready to go take a poop. Like she ready for whatever it is that may come throughout the day. I've I'm when I wake up, I'm prepared for it. Yeah. You know, some things I'm not so ready for. But then, you know, you realize you are ready for it. Is part of that studying the script, preparing the lines? No, I mean, like, how do you how do you do that? That stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, if I know I got to work tomorrow, like I know tomorrow I got a 3 a.m. call time and I have for the last OG for the last OG. I got 3 a.m. call time. I have 12 pages to do and I need to be done by 12 o'clock. Right. It's, it's a lot. Right. So. I know today I'm going to spend at least a total of three hours throughout the day reading my lines, studying my lines, taking notes, making notes, how I'm going to do this and imagining, okay, where am I going to be placed at? What could it, what would the set look like? Where would I walk? Where, where would I sit? Where will I stand? Will I stand the whole time? Will I have an attitude the whole time? What's my emotion going to be? What do I think it's going to be? And then I won't marry that idea because I don't know what the director wants me to do, you know? And then when I get to set, you know, before I, well, I wake up, I'll brush my teeth, I'll do my business, you know, wash my ass, everything, get ready, and stretch a little bit, warm up my instrument, get to work, and then be like, okay, what do you want me to do, boss? And let the director, you know, direct me, and once I know where I got to go, where, you know, then I already know the story, I pretty much know the lines, but I, like, lock it in, what, you know, cadence to use, how to do this, where to go, what to say. All that gets locked in, and then we shoot, and then, then we done. I'm, then I get lunch. I mean, you did three movies this year. Oh, shit! <laughs> so I just tried to drink the water and had the top on it. <laughs> Spilled that right down the front. Yep, and I did six movies. You did six movies this year. I mean, I wonder, do you have like thirty hours in your day? I mean, like, how did you have? enough time to be really ready for six movies well i don't know (laughs) plus all the other things because the movie you're also doing the tv show and 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 yeah i don't know just it just happens bro it just happens (laughs) you don't know how you had time to do all that stuff i don't know how it gets it gets done yeah you know I, i i want it to be done so it gets done do you still do affirmations yeah, I still, I still look in the mirror. I look at dead in my eyeballs. I don't look at anything else on my face, just right into the pupil of my eyes, sending a message to every cell in my body, every organ in my body. I'm proud of you. I love and approve of you. You guys are doing a great job. You know, uh, let's get through this day. Let's win today. You look amazing. You know, you, you guys are splitting and growing so well. Look at you, you little atoms and neutrons. Keep it going. I'm proud of you, heart. Look at you, liver. You handled last night well. I'm, I'm sorry. I got you so drunk. <laughs> the detox level is real. <laughs> doing a great job at getting that poison out. Uh, yeah, I talk to myself every day. Yeah. I think it's important because nobody else is doing it for me. It's not like I got a man in bed with me that could be like, you're amazing, Tiffany. You're detoxing so good. You're, such, you're winning. I don't have a man, so I got to do it myself right now. I mean, maybe I'll hire somebody to do it. You would- <laughs> hire. Look here, I'll give you, you can live here rent-free. <laughs> you don't have to pay for food or anything. You just affirmation me every day. <laughs> just tell me how dope I am don't every try to, morning. Don't try to try to have sex with me anymore. Just- <laughs> 
Look into my eyes and tell me how wonderful I am. Uh, and clean the house. You clean. You clean. <laughs> That's the perfect and organize. <laughs> and you look into my eyeballs and tell me how fucking awesome I am. <laughs> and how I'm doing a good job. And you're proud of me. <laughs> but, I mean. No, I don't think, I, I, it won't work. I don't no, think it's a dope work. idea. But, 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 <laughs> com- idea but sure. when it comes from you, it's, different it's, when it it's comes more powerful. From you, yeah. Because all them cells, everything lives in me. And it's. And and when I feel like, you know, your soul, I think soul, like, you seen Get Out and how they was trying mm-hmm. to transfer that man's soul into another body. Like, I think, I think that's, in my mind, I think that's what happens. I feel like I've been on this earth a gang of times. And I can relate to a lot of people's different situations because I feel like I've been in those situations before. And maybe, maybe I'm just dreaming. Maybe I'm full on batshit crazy, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> highly <laughs> doubt that I'm batshit crazy, but I feel like. You know, this is a suit. This is a vessel, you know, and you have to take care of your vessel. Just like your car, got to change the oil. You got, you know, I see guys wipe their cars down and be like, oh, look at you, Bessie. You're beautiful. You know, it's a, this is an inanimate object. It's yeah. not even real. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's real, but it's just a car. Yeah. Don't have no feelings or nothing like that, but they talk to it. I see people talking to their plants and their plants are beautiful. I talk to my garden. My garden is popping. That food is delicious. Okay, sometimes I call my brother. My brother's taking care of my garden now. I call my brother. I said, go out to the garden. And then I said, put the phone on speaker. I'm like, how you doing, collard greens? You do this? He'd be like, you crazy, Tiffany. I said, yeah, cook them greens tomorrow. Tell me what they taste like. I'm like, they were delicious. Exactly. Because <laughs> I talked to them. Exactly. <laughs> we live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. 
Do you keep talking to yourself positively throughout the day? Yes, yeah, so I try to. Sometimes I talk negative to myself, and then all kind of crazy stuff happens. I'll be like, see, that's what you get. You should be talking to yourself messed up. It's like a great experiment. Are you able to catch yourself when you yeah, have the negative the, comments? I catch it all the time. And sometimes people really piss me off, and then I'll go into like a two, three to four hour period of just negativeness. Mm. Yeah, and then everybody get it too. Sorry, Trey said. That's my <laughs> I'll be like, y'all don't do my mouth out right now. I'll just be in a bad mood. And then I look, vitamin D deficiency. Mm. Mm-hmm. When, when, when I was in my 20s, I was on that, like, must think positively all the time. And if I would. That's ha- impossible. If I would have a negative thought, I would pinch myself on the back of my neck, like, real hard to, like, motivate, like, positive self thoughts. So you hurt yourself. Yes. So you hurt yourself twice. More than twice. So negative thought hurt yourself. Yes. Hit yourself. Hurt yourself yeah, physically. Yes, but you. Yes, but you. You work out of. You used to get whoopings as a kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. Me too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> but don't we all? I mean, like all the black so kids like get whipped. Corporal punishment. Train yourself yes. not to do that. Yes, but it may be more positive. I guess so. And the positive self-belief is so important. The positive self-talk is so important. It's super important. It's super duper important. And I think it's something they should teach in school. I think it should be like a straight up test to teach you how to like, because when you see these athletes and stuff and these rappers, people that's like winning in life, they're always, they they say it out loud. I I don't necessarily feel like it's that important to say it out loud in front of the whole wide world. It's more important for you to believe in, for you to say it to yourself, I think. Um, I don't like you'll never catch me like I'm the greatest comedian alive like no because I think there's a bunch of other really awesome super dope people like and they say oh she's you're the queen of comedy no I'm not I'm just enjoying myself like and I'm just enjoying spreading joy you want to get that title that's all you can decide that's not the title I give myself right my title is Tiffnicity <laughs> Tiffnicity you don't stop you don't quit you are Tiffnicity you a unicorn you magical like this what I said like I give myself different titles than what the world might decide. The world can just say whatever they want to say. But with the conversation I have between myself and my body, my soul, my spirit, my flesh, that's a whole nother. That's private. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of me, a lot of people feel like the thoughts that come into their mind, they cannot control those thoughts. So just things come in. If a negative thought comes in, like, Ugh, but like you are thinking about, like, I can control the thoughts. I and- can control all of this. This is, yeah. this is the only thing I can control. Yeah. This is the only thing I can't control. I'm in control of my emotions. I'm in control of my feelings. And sometimes I might get so mad that, you know, I might lose a little control. But, hey, that's fine. <laughs> or so horny, so whatever. So, ah. like, that's fine. That's what gives you a good story to tell later, right? Right, so, right, right. Uh, lose a little control. But you, I think that we all, when you start to think that you don't have control, well, then that's when all kind of craziness happens. And I'll have a negative thought, and I'll be like, yeah, nobody. Like, sometimes I'll be like, nobody really likes me. They all hate me. Then I have to be like, girl, please. Like, you got to counteract that with some super. And then it's about the feeling, the the energy, your, you know, your emotions are your compass and your energy that guides, that leads you wherever. So if I give that negative thought a lot of energy, a lot of feeling, then... Well, then that's going to be a bad situation. So I don't give it a lot. I'll have negative thoughts, but I don't give them a lot of energy. So you have this great internal voice that's pumping you up, but you also have, like, just talent. You are funny as hell. How does one be funny? I guess you just be in that space. Just, I mean, I don't necessarily really try hard. I just... Go for it and just enjoy it. And also, like, being funny is with just lightening the mood and bringing joy to a situation, right? So that's – I always go with that intention. It's the intention that you're coming with. And even sometimes when I – I guess I've got it – it's been such a defense mechanism for me, too, that even when I'm not trying to be funny, well, stuff just – it just automatically goes that way because I've embedded it since I was a little girl. It's first At first it was to keep from getting beat. All the time, you know, if I make my mama laugh, she'll forget that she says she's going to beat me when we get to the house, you know. Uh, so if I can make her laugh six, seven times, maybe she'll be like, well, you know, what? Well, she done made me so laugh so hard I can't even. 
I can't even beat her. I'm going to just lock her in the room for a little while <laughs> instead of beating her. You, know? you just sit on this, you sit on this high chair and you read to me and I can't even read, you know, then I read all bad and she get to laughing about that. You know? So <laughs> it's like whatever I could do to defend myself. And it's become like, it's like, it's like learning how to walk. It's just, it's a defense mechanism you, and a survival technique, I guess. You were in comedy camp with the god Richard Pryor. What did mm-hmm. he teach you about comedy? Well, he taught me that it's about having fun. You know, the people aren't coming to comedy shows because they want to hear about problems or they want to be, you know, brought down or they want to hear about politics or get the latest news or, you know, hear about what's going on in your, like, they could care less. They come to have fun. You could talk about anything you want. Whatever, you know, have whatever feelings you want to have as long as it's fun. So if you're having fun, they're having fun. If you're not having fun, then they're like, what what did I spend money on? That was the main thing I took away. And I didn't really understand it at first, but as I got older, I started saying, well, I'm going to apply this this logic to everything. If I could have fun in every situation, if I could find the fun in all this craziness, all the bad things that were happening and everything, if I could find the fun in it, maybe it won't be, it won't hurt so bad. Mm. And so I started having fun with everything. Mm. And then it just kind of became, it's just fun. I loved you last year for the recurring. You don't love me this year? No, I do. I do. But I loved you (laughs) for last year for the recurring joke with the white dress from SNL. to How many times did you wear that publicly? Now I think I've worn it four times. (laughs) First I wore it. First time I wore it was the red carpet for a girl's trip. Uh Then I wore it again. Was it? On SNL. Then I wore it again at the Oscars. (laughs) And then I wore it again for MTV Movie and TV Awards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wear it a lot at home. Too. Was, was it a, when you got it? Was it a plan? Like I'm going to wear it like multiple times and make a joke out of that? No, I, I wasn't trying to make a joke out of it at first. It was just like you know, I would try to wear it to other events, and then the stylist would be like, "No, you can't wear that. You already wore it." And I'm like, "I'm going to wear this again." <laughs> like it, it would turn into full blown arguments. Right. And I'm like, "I'm not paying for another dress. Like this is for this is more than my mortgage. Right. My mortgage is three thousand. This dress is a twenty six hundred square feet house. No, <laughs> it's about a half a yard in fabric. You know, a yard of fabric. <laughs> and I, I can't believe this is how much I you, like. I can't. It just I never fathom, like, I never thought, it, like, it makes me want to cry just thinking about it. Sleeping in that car, you know, like, eating just one bean burrito for the whole day. Hungry as fuck. To have be counting pennies in my ashtray trying to figure out how I'm going to eat. To spending $4,000 on fabric, on, on something to cover my body. I just never, that I never thought of. That was never a part of the plan. And I felt like. Like so, I, like I disrespected that homeless girl, the girl that didn't have nothing. Then I had to like really reprogram. Like, no, 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 you're not disrespecting her for anything. You honoring her now. You, if you need to pawn this dress, you can get all the bean burritos in the world. <laughs> like, like, but it hurts my heart sometimes just thinking like how much money, how expensive clothing is when I know it's somebody hungry as fuck. That don't have a dollar. Are we allowed to cuss on here? I don't Absolutely. Care. Look, I've been cussing already. So, <laughs> just thought about some kids. I'm like, well, what if the kids listening? But you know what? They probably cuss too. But <laughs> <laughs> just think about it. Like, uh, you know, like these shoes I got on, they costed twenty eight dollars. This outfit I got on, well, somebody gave it to me. It, it might be a hundred dollar outfit. Uh, this might be twelve dollars. It looked like something you could get at the dollar, uh, you know, the little five dollar clothing store. So it might be five dollars. I don't know. Somebody sent it to me though, so I'm aware out of respect for them. But and I didn't have to pay for it, so I'm aware. But I just be thinking about like I don't want to waste money that could be used to edify someone else. Yeah, you know, to, that could be used to enhance somebody else's or enhance my existence. I could have a really great experience. That $4,000, I could have went on a trip to China, Thailand, and I could have went to France and Greece all on a Groupon for $4,000. <laughs> and had the most wonderful experience. That dress could have been so many things, you know? Could have been a down payment on a better car, you know? It, it could have been a lot. I could have got the electrical work done in the Geo Metro that I used to sleep in and been there and start driving that bitch. <laughs> it's a lot of things that I could have done with that $4,000. So this dress, I felt like, you know, I have to make my money back. 
I gotta figure out how to get my money back on return on my investment on this dress because I just I hate that the whole stigma of like oh you bought, you wore it once and they took pictures you can't wear it again I hate that because mm. I've been wearing the same clothes for years <laughs> I mean it was, I mean at the Oscars you didn't even make you didn't even say anything so it was just like your fans just had to know like oh there she go again with that dress she told us she's gonna wear it again and yeah I didn't did. lie and like at the fashion and my homegirl invited me to her wedding she's like do not wear the dress I was like. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> what am I going to do? Okay, well, I'm wearing this other dress I wore. Tiffany, don't do it. No, I'm wearing this other dress. That's what I'm going to do. Unless you buy me a different dress, I'm wearing the other dress that I wore to the other event. But that homeless girl, is that still close? Yes, because it's like, it wasn't that far off. How long ago It was, was 2004. That? It wasn't that long ago. 2003. 1999. What was the car? Geo Metro, 1995. Two door hatchback. <laughs> Sound just like that when you drive it to. <laughs> That's where I get the sound from. And what's that sound? That's going to success, bitch. And that's the that's the that's the transmission messing up. <laughs> that's the brakes. <laughs> Was it scary? Not really. I mean, some days, yeah. I mean, when you like cold or whatever, am I gonna freeze to death? But. And I want to leave the car on, but I don't got no gas money. I don't want to burn out the gas. So let me just layer up. Layer up. Layer up. <laughs> that should be the remix to level up. I mean, I'd be afraid as layer a woman up. alone in a in a car at night. And No, I would stay in Beverly Hills. I'd drive to nice areas, you know, and the police. I'd, be, I'd develop relationships with police officers because they wake me <laughs> up. Like, it's a team effort. I would, I would literally be looking at my little little visor you know how you let the visor down i look in there and be like girl this is temporary but it's comfortable you comfortable like i would tell myself so all this stuff, like, you were you're this is temporary you were doing the affirmations at that time yeah, it's and- temporary and i feel like every time it happened like it was god teaching me a lesson like because i was very prideful you know and i never wanted to ask for help and i should have just asked for help i never wanted to ask for help i want it kind of i was the kind of person that like if you see me struggling and you want to help me offer it. <laughs> like, right. If you don't want to offer it, then forget you. Maybe I don't need it. Like, But then I realized, you know, that, that last time being homeless, that was got to, like, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Closed mouth, don't give it. So now I ask for all kind of things. <laughs> if I need it, I ask for well, it. Well, I've definitely found that I have to be telling other people what I want in order to get it. People who might be able to help you, people who are just listening, but if you're not telling the universe, I want this, I want this, I want this, then you're never gonna get it. You'll never get nothing. You'll get to live in a Geo Metro. <laughs> That's what you get. But Kevin Hart helped you a lot. Yeah, Kevin Hart helped a lot. It's a lot of comics, a lot of people helped a lot. That That's one that was like, to me, really major, like, cause he, he didn't, I didn't ask for no money. I didn't ask for anything. I just told him my situation. And he's like, he gave me the advice. He gave me some money to get a roof over my head. And and then from that point on, I was like, oh, maybe I don't have to like physically say, will you help me with this? Maybe I just need to say what the issue is, you know, what my, my situation is. Or Do you know how to do this? How would you handle this, you know, or that? Like, and then people will help because they care or just because. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order, usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. 
Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash thrivemarket.com slash on March 16, 2000, two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta. Jamil Alamine, a Muslim leader and former black power activist, was convicted. But the evidence was shaky, and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial. My name is Mosi Secret, and when I started investigating this case in my hometown, I uncovered a dark truth about America. From Tinderfoot TV, Campside Media, and iHeart Podcasts, Radical is available now. Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Just a little quick break in the show for a message from long-term Torre Show supporters, Policy Genius. They want you to know how easy it is to buy life insurance because they understand that the sort of people who listen to this show are exposed to all sorts of dangers from the white people all around them, and they need to have life insurance. You never know when some white cop is going to leap out of nowhere and shoot you. Or when some white person like George Zimmerman's going to leap out of nowhere and shoot you. Got to be able to take care of your family after a tragedy nightmare like that happens. Policy Genius is the easy way to compare life insurance online. In just five minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers and find the best policy for you and save money on the whole process. They've helped 4 million people shop for insurance. They don't just make life insurance easy. They do disability insurance, renter's insurance, health insurance. It's a way of looking at all the prices and figuring out what's the lowest one for you on all these sorts of insurance. If you've been putting off getting life insurance, you can't put it off any longer. You got policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes. It's super easy. You could do it right now or after the show ends. You should do it because rates are low. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. There's a lot of really talented black female comedians out there mm -hmm. now and in the past, but you have broken through higher and harder than a lot of sisters have been able to. Why have you been able to get there when a lot of people haven't been able to maybe because um i don't care about barriers too much or hurdles like uh, blocks roadblocks i don't let that affect me too much i used to run hurdles in high school i figure you jump over those or go around them <laughs> um i don't stand there and be like now why is this right here like why are you trying to stop me no i'll go around you or go over you mm -hmm. um and then also i think because um I don't let what people say affect me that much. I noticed that a lot of female comments would be like, oh, he said I was whack, or he said my comedy's on a third grade level. I'm like, well, great. That's a whole community of people. Third graders, there's a lot of those. <laughs> like, thank you. Like, <laughs> dudes, tell me. Like, dudes used to be like, oh, you ghetto, all you got is dick jokes. Great. You know what? It's a lot of dicks out here. <laughs> I'll be able to communicate with all those, all those dicks. They're going to get it. Okay. Anybody who's ever seen one, they'll get it. Like, like, so anything somebody would say negative to me, I'll figure out how to flip it into a positive, figure out how to use that for my advantage. Like, um, how can I take with it? Because that's an observation they made about me. That's an assumption or they've been watching me. At first, I've been too, and I always say thank you to them. Like, haters, people that be rude and that's like, I would never put you on my show. Thank you. Why? Thank you for not never putting me on your show because I'm going to end up on a better show. Like, mm. it don't matter. Like, thank you for not, like, I don't like you at all. Really? That means you had to think about liking me or you did like me or you watched me. You said you invested your existence into deciding how you feel about me. Like if someone's indifferent, feel nothing about me, then I'm like, well, that kind of that hurts a little bit. <laughs> it ain't take no time to write nothing it negative or positive. Me. Like that kind of hurt a little bit. I mean, bit. I know if I'm giving a talk and there's one person who's not laughing or clapping or smiling and I'm like, Oh, and I'm zoning in on that person. That 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 doesn't bother you, like the people who you're not connecting with. No, because maybe I'm connected with that. Like, okay, like I did a stadium before, 
and there was like what four or five thousand or six thousand people there. It might have been seventeen thousand, but I I could see four or five thousand, <laughs> and I could hear a lot of laughs. There was two older people sitting right there in the front. They was not laughing at all. They was just looking, and for like a second, I was like, I want them left. Then I was like, fuck them. Look at all these other people. like I'm winning, and who knows? They might be deaf. <laughs> So I just started getting more physical, and their eyes start dancing more, lit up more. But maybe they, maybe they don't even speak English. Maybe I talk too fast. They gotta comprehend what I'm saying. You, you know, it, it doesn't like to me. It's not. It's not me. It's you. Right. Wow. Because I'm in. I'm out. <laughs> I'm getting my check. Like. So tell, how do you how do you destroy the stage? Because you're really good getting up there by yourself and, and rocking the stage. And that's different than being on a set. How do you, what are, what are the keys to doing that? Uh, well, you, you come in, well, I just come, I just have fun, man. I just have fun. I like to read the room. Like I come and feel the energy in the room and like, okay. If, if it's like, like lately shows have been like very like, like you can feel like bubbly, like people are bouncing, like they're like, yeah, yeah, like they want to, what you going to say, what you going to do? Ah! So then that's like super fun. And I just go, and I I mean, I write jokes. I like get in my voice memo and say like, okay, this will be funny. This might be funny. This might not be funny. Who knows? We'll see. You know, try it out. And uh, I was just coming with the intention of never that, like I, I say it a lot, like especially if I'm doing new material, I'm like, look, um, some of these things I'm going to say tonight might not be funny at all. This might all suck. But I had the courage to come up here and do it. At least I ain't ugly. <laughs> like, hey, I'm here to entertain. I'm just here to have fun. You know, and I just come to have fun. I think that's how – I don't think I destroy stages. I think I have joy on stages. Like, I just have a good time. Yeah. Like, I come to have a good time. How do you write a joke? Um, on paper. Yeah. Okay. So you uh, you think of the punchline usually like you, think you start of with the punchline. I usually start with the punchline, like something that's funny to me, and then I build around that, and maybe I end up with a whole new punchline, a whole new premise, whole new whatever. But when I do it on paper, I um, write down what it is that I think is funny, and then like you know, like a bra- like a brainstorm. Remember those brainstorm things yeah. you used to do at school? Yeah. Like you put the the main words in the middle, and then you do the bubbles, and then all the little stuff around it, all the thoughts. But it's dope that you start at the end and then build up to that. Because usually it's something hilarious you think about. Yeah. Like I, I want, I wrote, I'm writing a joke right now about my white life ain't that great. Like what kind of reality show would that be? You would say my white life? My white life ain't that great. <laughs> like I think that would be a dope reality show. Right. <laughs> like, my white life ain't that great. And what would happen on this show? It's a lot of things that would happen on this show. Like maybe they, maybe like it's just really bad stuff. It's not funny yet. But like maybe they find out they got diabetes. (laughs) 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 They find out they got warrants for their arrest or some parking tickets they didn't even know they had because their cousin took their car. (laughs) And got parking tickets and didn't tell them. Oh, my God. You know. My white life ain't that great. They, now, they, they think they're going to have an inheritance. Their parents die. No inheritance. <laughs> All you get is this old ass house that you, this back pay, you got back pay on taxes that you ain't, you ain't got the money for it. You, you remind me that the, the Danny Glover speech in Sorry to Bother You when he's like, you have to speak like you're entitled, but this is not how they actually are. It's how they think they are. Right. And you're like digging into like how they really are. Right. How they really, really are. Like, usually they go to the grocery store, you think they're pulling out a credit card, it's an EBT card. <laughs> My white life ain't that great. <laughs> that could work on MTV. Mm-hmm. I could see that. I mean, I guess it might already be a show. Like 16 and Pregnant. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Ain't got no black kids on there. <laughs> no Spanish people neither. So when you come back to do night school after... Growing up in comedy with Kevin, and now you're both at this elite level. Like, what is what is that like? Here go the thing. I don't feel like I'm on an elite level. <laughs> People keep saying that. I don't feel that way. You I don't, don't. I don't see it that way. I see. I'm just doing my job. Like, I hate when people say that because it's like, where, 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 where's my level up card? Where's my elite level card? 
because I still got the same SAG aftercard that I. That but there's two gets. names above the title, and one of them is yours. And so that makes it an elite level. What if that's just how they did the poster? <laughs> like, what if I'm only in the movie for actually like are ten you, minutes? I mean, are you <laughs> like, are, are you are you not getting to look at scripts before most of the other actresses around? Like, are you not like getting like the first look at different scripts that are good? And maybe I feel like I get to look at a lot of scripts that are bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> but most scripts like are garbage. bad. But I mean, I feel like one of the things that helps the people who who reach the top is they get first crack at the good scripts, and you're going to get a lot. Of, most scripts are bad, but you get a if you get to look at the good scripts first, then you have a better chance of getting into good movies because you're starting from quality. Uh, I, you know, when I feel like I'm elite, like I got it popping like that, is when we make my ideas movies. Mm. When I'm doing my my dreams. The, the things I dream about, like the things I want to see. When I'm making those. Like what? what that's none want? of your business. You what know, you I'm want? not going to give up my. Uh, give me a little, give me my, a little uh, bit. Give me, some, give me a little my bit. My creative content. Give me, give me a little like, bit. Are you going to finance this? I might. If it's dope enough, I'll reach under the couch and find the money. <laughs> give me an elevator pitch for what you really, really want to do. I ain't doing that, bro. <laughs> I don't know you like that. I'm not mad at you. I understand. I that people be sitting there saying, you know, you I go to the movie theaters and bam, I see a trailer for that shit. That was my, that was me. But they can't do it without you. You So do you. Do I want to do a reverse coming to America. Where you're going to Africa? Yeah. <laughs> I basically want to do what I did. I want to make a movie about what I did in January. I went to Africa to bury my father. I want to make a movie about that. Mm. And how he used to, for years he would tell me that I'm a princess, that, you know, you, you, you're you a royalty. We rich over in my country. You rich. And I get there and there's all these people greeting me off the airplane and they like so excited to see me and they taking me and I got to meet the president of the country and everything. And I get to see my, my, my homes and stuff that I've inherited that they're supposed to make me rich. And then, I mean, you know, What's rich there is not rich here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got goats, lots of goats. <laughs> Popping. <laughs> I am a princess. But that was powerful. Um, going back and yeah, and, and just getting to see like all the people that my dad told me about, and then like having that experience, like in like getting in the Red Sea and like. Just hearing my father's voice, like, when you get to the Red Sea, it's going to heal you. Your whole body, you'll be healed. And I'm like, well, I wasn't sick to begin with, but boy, <laughs> did I feel like a thousand times better. I'm like, I need to take Red Sea salt baths all the time. <laughs> like, some about it. I don't know. Maybe that's where we originally come from. And maybe all, I don't know, I think all black people should take Red Sea salt baths. Yeah. It felt good. And, um, and then meeting the president of the country and how, like, you know, he's like a real-life George Washington. Okay. You know, he fought in the war, you know, became the president, and, like, trying to lead the country into, you know, prosperity and take care of just the, take care of the people. And then the food there, oh, my gosh, no GMOs. No GMOs, <laughs> like real tomatoes. Like, oh, my, these are delicious. Yeah, okra, like, I'm, I like fried okra. I'm not a fan of raw okra, but I, I had a piece of raw okra. I was like, I should be eating okra like this all the time. And I come home and eat some okra. It ain't the same. <laughs> it ain't, they look the same, but it's not. They dialing in different different vitamins and nutrients. It ain't the same. Avocados taste different there. Like, oh, my goodness. Green beans. Like, gr- like, just real vegetables, man. Greens are amazing. I stole some onions and some and some garlics. I brought them back and I put them in my garden. They so good. <laughs> oh, I hope the government don't come through my house and try to steal them. <laughs> Too late. I got seeds already. Though. And I hid the seeds. It's so good. It's so good. Like, I don't know. But so I would like to do a movie about that. About a girl finding out that she's a princess and going back to Africa, going to claim her throne and figuring out that, you know, it ain't it ain't. It ain't what you thought it was, because a princess thing is way different than what you know America's idea of what a princess is. Right. So it's sort of a uh, sort a reverse of a, coming to America, a, or a reverse Black Panther kind of. 
Maybe. Well, you know what? Eritrea, where my father is from, is the real Wakanda. And they, it is the real Wakanda, I think. Mm. You know, they got that potash over there. Do you know what potash is? No. Yeah, that's what make your phone work. It's oh. precious, precious metal. Oh, really? Do your research. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to make a movie about your childhood? Nah. No? I mean, I will, man. It can't be about me. Like they could do, they could do that when I die. Um, I don't, I don't want to see that. I don't want to relive that. Like that's the part that's like super hard because I wrote that book, you know, so that I could be done with it. Like if you got questions about it, you can read the book. And if, and if it don't answer the questions, then okay, ask me. But uh, they want me to make that a movie, and I didn't write a lot, whole lot about my child. There's more to it than that. I would. You know that's something I got. We have to, I have to have a conversation with my soul about that. My spirit and my soul got to, you know, that was not easy. Yeah, that was the hard. That's you know that's before I knew how to love myself and all that. You know that was hard. I don't know if I want to relive that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll make it. I maybe just aspects of it. Maybe I make it a white girl's life. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm being racist, I whisper. <laughs> Do you see yourself doing like the serious movie? Yeah, I just did one. I did one uh, with Melissa McCarthy. What was it? It's called The Kitchen. It'll be coming out next year. And you're serious in it. I'm serious as hell in it. Did you like that? Yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, it's it's dope when the the comic gets serious and like does like the depressing movie and like wow. I don't know about it. It wasn't depressing. It was gangster. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it missed some more things that'll be coming that'll be, you know, more drama. But I think in every good drama, there's a little bit of comedy. You have to have those moments where you can laugh yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. And there's definitely those moments in this movie, in the kitchen, but it's it's a drama. Well, what do you want out of the next five years? What are some of your goals and dreams? Well, my goals to build my production company, to create content that inspires people, that uh, to enjoy themselves and to have fun and to laugh and also to think. And, um, and then, you know, by the five year mark, see, I'll be like 44. And by then I want to be able to buy the two streets that intersect. I want to open up a youth center and I want to open up a job training placement center and a mental health center. A lot of black people don't even think about mental health, but your mental health is everything. It's everything. I mean, we're supposed Mine to just—we're supposed to just like you know, tough it out, like you know, stiff upper lip. Like we don't want to hear about depression and all this. We like keep going, and you're thinking about that. Well, yeah, because I've been around it. I grew up in the black community, and you're like surrounded by it. So it's like super in your mind. I mean, is your magic wand? It's the, that's why we have buildings and cars and all that because someone was nurturing their mind using their mind. There's no other creature on this planet that can build cars or cell phones you might could teach a monkey how to do it but it's not going to actually be able to develop the programming for it yeah. you know what i'm saying like yeah. we're the only ones that that we have magic wands inside of these meat suits that are being protected by the meat suit so know how to work it know how to use it if i could create a place where people could come to learn how to use their mind use their magic like the Bible even says that, you know, that your thoughts are everything. Like if you think it, it's already done. Like you put the feelings behind it. You already committed the adultery. You already committed the crime or whatever. So it's like that's how powerful your mind is. So if you use it correctly, if you get go to have a place to teach you how to use it correctly, well, we could probably end world hunger, probably end all illnesses. They might kill me for saying this. Oh, man, I got to stop. <laughs> I gotta stop. Is there a? I'm winning right now. You, See how I follow that up with a positive? <laughs> Said that negative. Probably gonna try to keep that. I'm winning right now. I'm See how you right do that? Now. That's how you do it. I'm winning right now. And I smile when I say this. You did. Like, I'm winning right now. Is that? Well, is there is there a book that you have read that that helped you 
with this this positivity, this mental positivity. A lot stuff. of books, a like, lot of books. Like, what did you I can love? think of right off the top? Um, yeah. Louise Hayes. You can heal your body, uh, heal your mind, heal your life, heal your body. I think that's what it's called. But a, a bunch of Louise Hayes books. Um, I've read a bunch of Abraham Hicks. Uh, uh, Asking it is given. I uh, read that book, uh, the Bible. I read that book a gang of times. Do you know the Bible is one of the freakiest books out there? It's one of the freakiest old time books. There's some stuff in there about grabbing balls and all that. Like I used to just comb the Bible for nasty stuff. You, this is one time, like I read it three times, just combing it for nastiness. And then you're like, yeah, this is a sexual book. Yes. <laughs> Especially in Psalms. Right. You know, Psalms. The King David wrote Psalms. He a freak. <laughs> Milk, honey, breast, all that. Mm-hmm. What? What drives you? What are you? What are you trying to accomplish beyond? I want to inspire others. Like, what do you, do you want to be the number one comic? Do you want to be able to take care of your family? Do you want to? I just want to be able, to, like, just on like the immediate level, just um, be able to eat every day and make sure <laughs> anyone who's genetically related to me that I grew up around is able to eat every day too. Your brother and sisters are still like super close to you. And- yeah, we talk. I deal with all of them except one of my brothers. He he a mess though, but we still talk. He's just a mess. Are you still taking care of everybody? I guess so, but not really. I mean, they take care of themselves, but I mean, there is things that I provide. Like, sure. And my brother was saying this to me the other day. My baby brother is like, you know, you're our real mom. I mean, we got our mom, mom, but you're our real mom. Like you, you're the one who like. Nurtures, provides, take care of. If we have a problem, we all come to you. I was like, "Do y'all really come to me?" Because because I, I have to hear it through. Like like what they do is <laughs> they do. My sister tell my other sister, and then they be like, "We should you should tell Tiffany." No, I'm gonna try to work it out. Then the other sister come tell me. Then I call that sister and be like, "So what's going on with you?" She be like, "Oh, she told you." Okay, so this is what's going on. Like I see y'all trying to like indirectly tell me. They they do that like that. It's like a little crazy triangle. Right. That's how they. Yeah. They don't want to come just directly to me. They want to let everybody know their business first. I think a lot of families have that sort of like. Yeah, I'm like if you just tell me, the whole family won't know your business, and then they all won't be like, "Oh, you ain't shit." <laughs> It'll just be me saying that. I feel yeah. like I know that. It, <laughs> It'll like... just be me saying it, and I'm not gonna say it to nobody else because I wouldn't want nobody saying that about me. Right. You know, they, that's what you want them to say. Like, oh, Tiffany had to help you. Tiffany had to do that. Like, you could just tell me, then I won't say nothing to nobody. And we'll fix it together. And we'll fix it, and then I'll teach you how to. You don't have, so you don't have to ask me no more. What's your superpower? Uh, well, I think it is bringing joy. That's what I think it is. I'm not quite sure yet, but that's you know that's if I could have any kind of superpower, it would be to control others' joy and happiness. Mm. Give it and take it. <laughs> When you do good, I give more joy, more happiness. When you do bad, I take all your, just suck it out of you. Just take it all away from you. Like, if, if we could do that, that would be the best way to uh, handle, like, criminals, I think. Like, we don't have to put them in jail. Just put them in, like, a depression camp. <laughs> like, like, take anything that makes them happy, take it all away for, like, a year. Like, nothing makes you happy. Nothing makes you smile. Like, you're not allowed to laugh or nothing for, like, a year. And then give it back to them. When they do their time, thank you. That might, people might kill themselves, though. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't laugh or nothing, like, I might die. If I couldn't laugh for a year, I might die. Ain't that something? Uh I just had that thought. Yeah, we not, yeah. But it would be a great punishment. Boy, that would hurt. <laughs> but it'd be a great power. But you kind of have that. You do have that power. You said, if I could, but you do. I mean, you don't have the power to take away joy, but you have the power to give joy. Yeah, I have the power to give joy to people that are willing to receive it. It has to be like, I'm talking like the superpower would be whether they're willing to receive it or not. Mm. Bam. <laughs> I give it and I take it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last thing, what's the what's the difference between a good comedian and a great comedian? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know. I honestly like that's something I got to think. The difference between a good comedian, a good comedian, you know, makes the majority of the audience laugh and gets off on stage on time. 
A good comedian is able to make a majority of the room laugh. I guess a great comedian is able to make a majority of the room laugh, and those people come back again the next night. Mm. And the next night. When you get people to come to you, like, I think you're great when they be like, I've been to 17 of your shows. Or every time you perform in this one place, they're there. I think that makes you pretty great. I, like, I used to do the San Manuel Casino. I, like, I think I'm a good comedian, but I used to do the San Manuel Casino in Riverside. I had to drive an hour and a half every Wednesday, and I had the same, the same exact people there, and then they would bring more people, and then they would bring more people, and they would bring more people. And if they couldn't make it when they did come back, they'd be like, I'm so sorry I missed you. Like, like I, it, it wasn't a requirement nor assignment, and this is a free show. <laughs> so, so at first, and I did it for three years. In the first year, I just thought, well, you know, it's a free show. They just didn't want to get out, maybe date night, whatever. But then I started to realize by the second year, oh, no, these people really are enjoying themselves, and they really think I'm freaking awesome because they would bring me gifts. You know, they would be like, and they were like, you should do, try this joke, try this. And like, always like trying to help me. And I think that's something that makes you great. When you inspire people where they, they feel like if they missed you, if they didn't show up, like we were having an AA meeting or something, like we were having some kind of special meeting and they didn't show up, they, they did some kind of wrong by you for not showing up. You did nothing wrong to me. Like, it's okay you didn't show up. I'm right. not, I'm not hurt. You know, like, well, I just wanted to let you know that I really missed you a lot. Like, like, why'd you miss, like, I I don't even really talk to you. Right, 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 right. <laughs> just talk, just tell the jokes, and they're like, "But you look at me in my eyes." And I'm like, "I got a lazy eye. I look at everybody in there. <laughs> look at everybody in here." So, I think maybe that's what makes you a great comedian when people feel like they're they're invested in you, like they connect with you so much. They if they don't get to see you, they they're like they hurt. Yeah, word. That's what I think. That might that probably make you great. Thank you. You're welcome. This is amazing. Bye. Bye. <laughs> thank you to Tiffany Haddish for a fantastic interview. And thank you for listening. This show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. I'm on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show. Please stop by and say hi. And if you like the show, please subscribe, rate, and review. And please tell a friend who would like the show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Chris Colbert and the Young Turks, with help from William Jolly, Jason Wallace, Candid Nicole, and our photographer, Chuck Marcus. We'll be back next Wednesday with more knowledge from amazing folks because the man can't shut us down. Mm-hmm.